0: Hello, beautiful alchemist. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host Yolanda and today we are celebrating. I hope that you will celebrate with me. I first of all want to thank you so much for being part of the community. I know a lot of you have listened to Reiki Radio since the beginning 10 years ago. And some of you are new, and I am so appreciative that some of you are still finding the podcast. So today we're celebrating 10 years of Reiki Radio. I started the podcast in 2013, and the very first episode was all about Reiki, and it posted on September 4th. 2013 and you can go back in the archives listen to that very first episode you can listen to all of the episodes in the archives but um I am very excited today (laughs) to be celebrating I never thought it would last this long um to be quite honest I well I didn't really have any expectations around it um Yeah, I had no idea, but so thankful to have met so many incredible people through the podcast, including you. I have told you this many times before, but I appreciate your emails, the stories that you share with me. I appreciate all of the guests who have ever come to share their work and their stories on the podcast. It has been an incredible part of my life path, my journey. And so I am celebrating today. I am I do I like genuinely feel <laughs> this like rush of excitement today um, just the thought of celebrating the 10 years. So if you want to celebrate with me um, two simple things you can do I would really really appreciate one, if you have never rated the podcast on your favorite, uh, podcast platform, wherever it is that you listen to Reiki Radio, you can go and rate the show, give us a five-star rating. And that really, really, really supports the podcast to reach other people who are seeking this type of information Um, You can even write a review. That is very helpful. But another thing you can do, which people do sometimes, and I really do appreciate this as well, you can share your favorite episode. So whatever is your favorite episode of Reiki Radio, share it on social media, post it on your story, tag me, I will reshare it. Um, You can use the hashtag Reiki Radio and just write something about A podcast, or just one of your favorite episodes, or just share it with a friend. (laughs) You know, um, from the podcast platforms, you have the option to share episodes. So if there's one that really stood out to you that you think would help someone in your life, please share it today. It is a way of celebrating. I also am celebrating four years of the Energetic Alchemist Oracle Deck. This wasn't on purpose, however. On September 4th, 2019, I commissioned the artist Hillary for the deck. So it has been four years since really initiating the creation of the Oracle deck. And I am so excited about that as well. It was about a three-year project, um, not because of the artist. Uh, She and I Uh, got through our part of the process, I would say, maybe in about a year, it took about a year to do the artwork. But then all of this was happening during COVID. So I'm sure you can imagine there was a lot (laughs) going on for me personally, where it took me a bit of time to get through the other parts. So I had to write the guidebook, all of the definitions for the cards, um, all of the aspects of like making it an actual deck there was a lot way more than I expected Um, fortunately my friend turtle helped me with designing the box and the guidebook there was a lot but it finally was born into the world about a year ago I think not quite a year yet but anyway so four years happy birthday to the deck and 10 years happy birthday to the podcast And to celebrate the deck, you can also share your favorite oracle card. If there's a card in the deck that is your favorite, please share it, post it, tag me. Um, I would love, love, love to hear which is your favorite and why, why it really speaks to you. Also, if you don't have the deck, or even if you do, um, part of my way of saying thank you. The deck is 25% off, but only until September 9th. So if you want the deck, just go to my website, the And during checkout, use the coupon code Reiki radio, just one word Reiki radio, and you can get the deck for 25% off. Again, that deal expires September 9th. So just do it today. So you don't forget. Oh yeah, I, I think you could probably tell in my voice. I really am. I woke up excited, like, ah, today is the anniversary. It's it's the day. Um, I know a lot of you have off from work today, so I hope you're enjoying your long weekend. Uh another thing, there are two more things. Um, one thing is that for those of you who have the energetic alchemist app, if you are um part of the Awakening Your Inner Alchemist on the app. There will be a free class available for you this week on the app. And again, it's just a way of me saying thank you for being part of the community. And um, yeah, I'm excited to share that with you. And tomorrow, which is Tuesday, you can all join me for the Reiki Radio Roundtable. This is something that I created during the app um, when I launched the app. If you download the app from the Apple App Store or from Google Play for Androids, just search the Energetic Alchemist. You'll see it. You can download the app for free. There is free content there, but you will see a section on the app called uh, Reiki Radio Roundtable. And if you click on that, there is a link there, a Zoom link for you to join me on Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific, which is 7 p.m. Eastern. And it is a way for us to come together as community and discuss whatever you want to discuss as it relates to either the episodes, Reiki, your practice, whatever it may be. It's just my way of creating space to connect with you all. And so I... Haven't been able to um, facilitate those circles for a while just because of a lot of background things I've been working on. However, I will be hosting the Reiki Radio Roundtable tomorrow. So September 5th, mark your calendar, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. If you want to join me, just go to the app, go to the Reiki A radio roundtable and use the Zoom link. I would love to meet you. I would love to hear your stories and we can discuss today's episode if you like. The other thing I want to let you know if you are not already on my newsletter, When you sign up for the newsletter, just you can do it through my website, you get access to 22 days of transformation, and you also get access to creating with the moon and stars, which includes the energy of the month, every month. So the September energy of the month is up and available. And this is my way of sharing with all of you so that we all know how to best navigate the different energies that we will encounter collectively each month, rather than being in resistance or wondering like, what the hell is going on? We can just have more of an awareness of what each month um, has to help us evolve on our journey. So the energy of the month is up. Sign up for my newsletter. You have access to that. In fact, the newsletter will be going out today as well. And then finally, if you want to work with me, if you've ever thought about it, you can join me in the Alchemy Circle. That is ongoing group mentoring. Um, It's actually one of my favorite parts of the work, and it's essentially we meet twice a week, and it's just ongoing classes, ongoing group work. Um, There are a lot of exercises that we do together because I believe this work is very experiential. So you can learn more about the Alchemy Circle on my website as well. So that is it. 10 years, (laughs) Reiki Radio. Um, So, so thankful for all of you. I can't even, you can't imagine how thankful I am. So speaking of that, today is also the first episode of season 11 of Reiki Radio. And this season, I am really looking forward to, of course, sharing more um, conversations, interviews with you. I will do some episodes by myself, just talking very specifically about energy work and what it is that I continue to learn in the process. But today's episode, we are, well, you're going to meet a beautiful woman named Christina Carlson. And Christina Carlson is a self Relationship coach. She also hosts a podcast called uh, Bitches, Witches, and Queers. So be sure to check out her podcast. Um, In fact, I was also interviewed for her podcast, and that episode will be out sometime soon. But um, she has a very interesting story. And what we talk about is a, a blend of the experience of religion and spirituality, which tends to come up a lot in this um, community, because there are so many of us who were taught um, different teachings, different systems of belief, whatever it may be, but a lot of us have teachings that are rooted in very specific religions that were passed on to us at early ages. And it's a very common thing in this realm um, of work that people start to then have these curiosities of seeking and understanding life themselves, life purpose in a broader way, in a broader scope. And then there's often this questioning of what it is we may have been taught at a younger age, an earlier age. And a lot of people have kind of this tug of war around what it is that they believe and what it is okay for them to believe. And so then a lot of times, even though people decide that they may believe something different than what they were taught at a younger age, there's still that lingering like guilt or fear Of changing their belief system. So it can get very complicated. And it is also a very common part of our healing journey and our healing process. So, you know, it's even a good question to ask you right now, what is it that you believe in? And what I have found in working with um, so many people over the years, a lot of people do end up believing things that are completely different than what it is they may have grown up with. But then there are some people who are able to integrate the two. So there are some people who see the gift and the lessons and the teachings from either side of the fence or um, even within what they may have been taught in religion and then what it is that they learn and whatever systems or philosophies they practice within the umbrella of spirituality. And quite frankly, oftentimes, I mean, all roads point to the same thing. It's you, your awakening, your relationship to all there is and what that means. But as is true with everything within this realm, we have freedom of thought. And there is this ability that we have to translate things in so many different ways. And this is why, you know, different religions may have different beliefs, even though they may use um, the same or similar books of um, uh, whatever their sacred text may be, the Bible or anything else. Everything that we learn to some degree is left to interpretation and various translations. And that again can cause a lot of confusion. So through this work, it is very uh, unique, I think, in that we take in information, but we are meant to apply and discern what really rings true for us personally, primarily through the lens of direct experience. So anyway, I'm not going to go (laughs) too deep into that now. As you can see, my mind is already like, going down a rabbit hole. But this is what Christina Christina and I speak about today, because she grew up in a very religious uh, home with a very religious family. And she also went on to study theology, and she just went on to explore to find out and understand what she personally believed in and what really rang true for her. So in this conversation, we talk a bit about all sides of this, all sides of the fences, our spirituality, uh religion in that background. And then ultimately, the question is left with you. What is it that you believe in? And what has your journey been? And what is it that you have come to realize about you, about life, about all there is? So I would love to hear what comes up for you all in this episode. I'm sure there's a lot that so many of you will resonate with that will sound familiar. We really are all over the map in this conversation. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it. So I hope you enjoy it too. Again, her name is Christina Carlson, and her podcast is. Bitches, Witches, and Queers, which you can check out on any podcast platform. So that is all for now. Let's get to the show and I will see you on the other side. Hey, everyone, we are here today with Christina Carlson and Christina. First, I just want to thank you for taking time to have the conversation today.
1: Yeah, so happy to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited to hear about your story and share it with everyone. Um, Sounds very interesting. So one of the things I wanna just point out right away is you are a self-relationship coach, which isn't something we typically hear. We don't, we hear about relationship coaches, (laughs) but self-relationship coach. um, And I know that you're also an energy coach, but wanna back up a little bit before we get into what led you to that, what led you into any lens of self-exploration to begin with? Mm,
1: I feel like you might have to ask the stars about that
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send me I, your chart. Yeah.
1: <laughs> i uh, i I've been introspective my whole life. i've I've always been curious. I think, um, I felt really out of place, but also just like, I was the kind of person who would be like in a group of like women in like a dorm room or in like a small group or something. I would be like, say something really awkward and ask if it was normal because I wanted to know if like, I wanted to know if I was okay. I wanted to know about my own experience. So I would ask people questions a lot, all to like, try to make sense of myself and my mind. Um, So my entire life has been a form of that, like, self-discovery and like self-understanding that was at the beginning, very disconnected from myself and was very external. But um, I've always been deeply curious about like people, especially myself.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Now I wonder if we have the same chart, Uh, but it's interesting (laughs) to hear you say that you questioned a lot of everything um, and how much we learn through that lens of just questioning. And a lot of times I think people, are embarrassed to question anything because you don't want to seem like you don't know or you don't understand. But I do know from your bio that you had, um, you were raised deeply rooted and deeply steeped in religion. And so just even curious, did you question that as well? Was that part of the questioning? Was there a contrast between what you may have been taught at home versus what you saw in the world? What was going on there?
1: Yeah, no, that that's such a good question. Because like, um i i was i was required to believe that for my own like safety and belonging and if we're just gonna go ahead and get into star charts i'm a taurus sun libra moon and libra rising so i'm entirely ruled by venus and i got a little gemini in there like i really needed the social safety um and that to to fulfill my needs so when it came to like what my family system was believing in order for me to like feel belonging and feel like approval, that was not a question. Like that was not something I could question because that was not something people questioned. Mm-hmm. So um, especially like by my mom was very staunchly in this perspective, it was like, that's what she believes. So that's what I believe so that we can be on the same page, you know? Mm-hmm. And um so in that way, like very codependent and my exploration laid within that framework. It's like being told that the only music is like waltz music and then trying to be creative within the waltz. It's like, you could do it, you know? Um, and I was very creative with the waltz, but, um, at, and I, I actually didn't have a contrast because I was so raised in a bubble. I didn't have any contact with people who are not within my system. Mm. until long after college actually because I was in environments working in the same spaces it wasn't until I was like 25 that it was like oh there's there's people who who see differently than me and I had known that but I didn't come in contact with it until then and that was when I was like whoa now I have questions yeah now I can't ignore those
0: it's so interesting you say that because I think of how a lot of times we consider that we only know what we know or how our environments contribute to a lot of the shaping of who we are through what we believe and our behaviors, all of these things. But no matter what we may be exposed to, there usually is some inner curiosity for some of us that will stir anyway. And there will be some questioning, even if there's nothing to tell us that we should. There's just, you know, it's really interesting when you think about it, from that lens. But okay, so fast forward, now you get to interact with people who may have beliefs far different than what you grew up in. And what did this do to that sense of belonging?
1: Yeah, um, I I was very lucky when it came to like, kind of like taking apart this and being curious about it, because my siblings were also asking questions at the same time that I was. So my, my sense of belonging was very safe, (laughs) not necessarily with my parents, but with my siblings, it was just like, you still have this community around you. That's like going to be with you. So I was very lucky in that way and didn't feel like that was threatened, but it is interesting. I love that you brought that up, like with you meet someone that like, kind of just well, I'll put it this way. It's like, there's, there's the bubble, right? Like the Truman show or whatever you, however you want to look at it, there's a bubble. And then you see like the, the soapbox that doesn't it doesn't match the same colors that everything is around it. And like, and in passing, you're just like ignoring it because your mind is filling in those gaps and making sense of it from this framework. But then one day you like stop and look at it and you're like, this doesn't compute. And I went on a trip and I think it was, I think it was Mexico or El Salvador. Like we were meeting my brother and I were traveling and meeting people. And there was this one girl, an atheist who like was just so curious, like genuinely. I was like, I've never met anyone who's homeschooled and I've never met anyone who's an atheist. She was like really gorgeous. And I was, I was just like looking at her face and she was like, so do you really believe in hell? And I was just like, fuck. do I like, do you, do I think you would do I, do I wait? What? <laughs> it just like my brain broke and I couldn't sleep that night because I was just like, that doesn't make any sense. Like this is a person who's like very much like me in manner and nature and like desire for good. And like, yeah. no, that's just, it doesn't make sense anymore. <laughs>
0: I love that for so many reasons. One, how sometimes people asking us the simplest question can be such an interrupter Mm -hmm. that just like hits out of left field, no matter how simple that just that it makes us reflect, right? Like, oh, wow, I was just given this information, never thought about it. Um, But then also how we can have so many similarities or even be dissimilar and still want or be good people, so to speak, right? Because there's a lot of um, narrative within society that if we don't agree, especially on very specific things, then I must be good and you must be bad or I must be right and you must be wrong. And Mm -hmm. obviously like that's caused so many problems for us. So it's interesting to hear how this curiosity just blew your mind rather than sending you into a tailspin of judging the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this, it sounds like it's funny. Cause I mentioned at the beginning that you're a self-relationship coach and it seems like you've always been <laughs> really exploring the self, but I wanted to ask you about that very specifically, like why the self, why the emphasis on that? And where do you think that that's brought us into challenge, not having that self-reflectiveness?
1: yeah it's such a good question and i'm so glad you asked because it, it is very intentional i i think when people think of relationship they think of themselves with another person right. and in general we think of other people as people and we think of ourselves as just like something like we don't tend to think of ourselves as a person with mm-hmm. needs and um specifically like with my background and a lot of the people that i work with whether it's leaving toxic religion toxic relationship or just you know fucking patriarchy and white supremacy we all have these these systems that have disconnected us from ourselves to varying degrees and so I found like in my own life through you know my whole life and also in the work of coaching people that like this this disconnect is the biggest thing that needs healing because it's it's how we relate to ourselves. And I know there's that saying like how you relate to yourself is how you relate to other people. And it's like, not necessarily, I don't think like there, there is a dynamic at play there. It does affect it for sure. But we tend to overgive to other people and advocate for other people and not know how to advocate for ourselves for many different reasons. But like from my specific background in religion, there's this intentional disconnect and this this is true of white supremacy as well you've got this like it's so diabolical it's just like you can't trust yourself your body is and they they say like your body is a tool your body is you know to be used for you and like mind over matter and there's like this this subtle shit that's like you know, you don't need to let your body control you, you can work harder. And it's like, Mm. who is that serving? (laughs) Right. You know, and so I think a really intentional look and deprogramming of the way that we were taught to relate to ourselves is critical for healing, because so much of us, myself included, have had voices in our head, our entire life, from caregivers, from society that says that, you're, it's really just honestly just fucking mean. Like you should know better and you should do more and you need to not rest right now. And how dare you have an attitude right now? And like, <laughs> you know, there's just so much that in my experience and in, in the experience of my clients, allowing you to relearn how to be with yourself in those moments with self-compassion, like just honestly, just understanding but to relate to yourself without judgment yeah. and with a kind of kindness that we weren't taught was possible because we were taught that shame and disconnection was how we got things done mm-hmm. but rather relearning what it means to relate to ourselves can allow us to then move forward hear what we actually want coming from inside listen to our intuition know what we're feeling and all of those things so i I think it's critical for all of those reasons. And I think the the lack of it, honestly, manifests in a lot of different ways. It manifests in lack of confidence. But like one of the biggest ones is like not being able to make a decision and because you don't know how it's going to affect everybody. And you mm-hmm. there's just that decision paralysis around like so many things because we haven't we don't know what we really want. That's so to-
0: funny. You said, <laughs> that. I just wrote down, like, what do we want though? So I have to ask you this, Christina, because as you're talking, what's coming to mind is how, I don't know where it comes from in our programming, but we often try to manipulate through relationship with others to get what we want. So we may try to get others to act in a way or meet the expectation of what we want to serve what we want rather than facilitating that for ourselves. Or we, it's weird. I, I'm just thinking about, I'm even saying like little kids, like when they're sad or someone doesn't want to play with them or something, but there's something interesting in that dynamic of looking for a particular type of connection and then what we think that function is supposed to be but there really isn't a real witnessing of, well, but what do you actually want? And also how can you pour into that? Mm, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. what can you do to serve what you want? Once you even know <laughs> <what> that is, <laughs> but, but I, I want to ask you th- about that, but also like, why do you think it's such a struggle for us? Even when we get to that space of curiosity, and like wondering about the world, it often is from this lens of like, I'm so confused about out there, but mm-hmm. why is it so hard to look in and see like, well, how did I get this lens? And just who am I?
1: Because it's really, really vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So many of us in, in like various stages of our early development had needs that were told were too much. Mm-hmm dreams that we're told were too much you need to be more practical you need to plan better you need to not need that so much you don't you don't actually need this much food you don't actually need to be right now you don't need this kind of whatever there there's this that that voice in there comes up whether consciously or not i think i think you said something so beautiful we we like try to get our needs met and ask backwards ways and yeah. I was like that's so fucking cool like <laughs> our subconscious is still just like but I need this but I need this but I need this even though we won't consciously admit it because it feels too vulnerable
0: yeah
1: I think about the like the classic like argument where it's like it's like well neither one of us want to do the dishes and she's like I don't want I don't want to ask you to do the dishes I want you to want to do the dishes <laughs> yeah you know what I mean and yes. it, it's that it's like but it feels so vulnerable to say like, I need a hug right now. I want you to just know that and give me a hug for me to actually ask for you. It feels like I'm a fucking little kid because the last time I asked for something like that and it was rejected, it felt really intense for me. So to like go in and feel those needs brings up a lot of those feelings Because we were taught not to need. We were taught being needy was bad, especially women and femmes. That's like,
0: it's very vulnerable. It's so interesting because I mean, obviously in the realm we work in, it's not like I haven't had conversations before about, you know, self-reflection and these things, but I don't know why our conversation right now, is just like blowing my mind because I'm thinking about things that you're saying are really making me. You know, think about that, like you're saying the rejection when you were a child, right? And obviously as adults, we may have some experiences that really stand out to us, but there are so many others that really are so deeply embedded in our subconscious. But even that, just like the fear of being rejected for asking for the simplest thing. You yeah, know, because, I mean, because we have sad. stories
1: around. it, It's so sad. We have stories around it. Like, yeah. And I catch I've caught myself in this so many times where I'm like, like, if I ask for this, and he says, No, that means this. And it's often that means I ask for too much, or I'm too much. Yeah. That means if I ask for a need to be met, and it's not met, then it means that I am too much. And I already have a fear of that that I'm too much, that I'm too needy. So it like reiterates that wound. Mm -hmm. And that's like a, you know, a shame cycle that we like naturally go towards because we want to heal it. But it's really, there's so, there's so much, like objectively, it's so simple. You're just like, well, ask for what you need. It's (laughs) like, it's like, no, there's like a giant boulder and a wall that we're just like, just move through it. It's like, well, it's not, it it takes a lot internally for us to have capacity to be with the feelings that come up when we ask for that need.
0: Yeah. And it's amazing. Even thinking of like the defensiveness that will come up when we're afraid of, you know, or when it's poked that someone else sees something in us that we just want to shield so deeply, all of the layers Mm -hmm. of this. Okay. We're going to get back to it because you're really, this is like, (laughs) Blowing my mind right now. (laughs) However, I want to jump back to your story for a moment because a lot of people come into the realm of spirituality, and some, like me, didn't really have a strong tie to religion. I guess I was lucky in that way. My mom was like, just figure it out. Whatever you believe, you believe, just be a good person. The end. Um, (laughs) So I explored everything just out of my curiosity. But there are a lot of people that come into this realm that do have um, deep ties in their families believed whatever they believed. And then they start questioning in a way where they want to explore what the meaning of God is or sources or whatever life is. And even more what their own morals are and what their own personal code of ethics may be. And they said, you know, these type of people, how they live, was wrong, and now I don't know that I believe that. Right? So we start questioning things that are very important to us that point to our um, identity in so many ways. Mm-hmm. I have to ask you for also side note for everyone: you also studied theology. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You'll throw that in there too. But in your experience of this now, like having religious as such a strong foundation, studying theology even, and then going out in the world, questioning, questioning, did you have a point of some strange tug of war where you felt like you may be be betraying yourself, not just your family, but was there a fear of like, is God going to get me (laughs) if I'm questioning, you know? Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Definitely. I'm really glad you brought that up because there, there's like, a my number one piece of advice for someone who's like leaving religion of, of any kind, or even a toxic relationship is like, take your time. Yeah. If your identity is wrapped up in this, allow yourself to go at a pace that feels safe for you because it is, it is really overwhelming. Um, I, I think, I think for me one of the first things that I allowed myself I the, the first thing I needed to do was to understand what if there was a hell or not mm-hmm. because that that was like that was the the piece that was threatening and dangerous so it's like okay if I can theologically debunk this idea then I can I can walk with God and I can ask all the questions and we can explore this together and he's good and like you know, it was like, then I have freedom. Right. So I spent like a year in that or more in that space where like, I was able to like debunk it from a even biblical perspective and be like, Oh, like as someone who studied theology, I'm like, here's how we can look at this. And like, here's the original translation and like all this shit.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I went very seriously into it. And also like, I went on a deep, like internal exploration of prayer around all of this so i would spend a lot of time talking to god about it you know and Mm -hmm. processing this and i remember one specific moment i was like praying while i was driving on the kansas city plaza for anyone who knows it's like it's such a distinct memory because it was so like vivid it was like i was praying and i was like like god you you're good right like you love me right like if you went to all this trouble To like save me, you're not gonna send me to hell, are you? Right. For like asking you about this and for like thinking different, for thinking things, for feeling things. And it was like this audible, like no, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think it was like all of my mind and all of the work was just like no. Yeah. And I was like, cool. (laughs) (laughs) So that so then I was like, okay, let's get curious. Like, let's look at the rest of this. Let's Like, and I, I wasn't as, um, after that, I wasn't as like in the Bible taking it apart. I didn't care as much Mm -hmm. for me. It was, it was actually like the spiritual side of things like, okay, well let's explore God. And I was taking yoga classes and it was like, I was exploring the idea that maybe I was also good. Mm -hmm. And that was just like another year of just mind blowing, like, wait, this, this is like incredible. This is healing. and. I will say though, and this is, this is a very valid experience in a lot of people's experience. The fear of hell did not leave me for many years afterwards. Uh. I had to do cognitive behavioral therapy, which I didn't know that's what I was doing. I just like found a method in my mind to like figure this out. But like, I had to re train myself to rem to remember that I was safe. Right. Because I was so used to the feeling of like, I'm not safe in my mind.
0: Yeah now that's a huge one it's so funny listening to you say it I mean am thinking of things I haven't thought of in a long time but like I said my mom wasn't super she was just like you know whatever you just be a good person and yeah. explore what you want to explore but I was always so curious about that story in particular so I grew up in Massachusetts and there were a lot of a um, wow. lot of Italians I grew up with a lot of Catholics and um, you know So I knew what my friends believed in, but I was always questioning, like, well, why and this and that? And then I had some relatives who were also very religious. And I I was always, why? Why was like my question of everything. But I think what was interesting to me is religion or people's interpretation of the Bible, I would say, or even the Bible itself. I don't know. It always seemed to contradict itself. You know, it was like, God is loving and forgiving. God is mean and wrathful. I was like, well, wait, (laughs) which? Come on now. So I, at a very young age, felt like the only way I'll know is like, I just have to talk to God myself. Like, cause clearly none of you adults really know what's going on. Like, that was really my lens. I thought they were all a little slow because clearly no one understood what they believed. They couldn't even really tell you why. I was like, that's oh. amazing. Yeah. Like, well, Some of them just have to direct line it. So interestingly, I never had that fear hell it just it just didn't make sense to me for all the other things that you know it just didn't make sense to me but that is a very real scary fear for people even the projection that like say you may have gone on and started to believe whatever you believed for you but if you still have people who matter to you still like projecting these thoughts and ideas and beliefs on you how hard was that for the journey or were you able to just like acknowledge it's okay they believe what they believe and I can still move forward or did that also cause a bit of challenge in your exploration Mm.
1: yeah it is a very real fear and I will say like I don't know many people who've come to evangelical christianity later in life who have as firm of a grasp on hell Mm -hmm. as those of us who were born into it. right right like my first memories are of like being chased by demons like that's like
0: yeah
1: dragging me to hell like those are my first thoughts you know so it's like and there's many people who have that experience so it's very like it's understandable that it takes forever like not forever but a very long time to disconnect from that because it's a core memory if you will um and you're right people I I again was I did <laughs> and I don't know if this was like an escapist idea or something I was in I was in a, a relationship that was like growing abusive and was really unhelpful for either of us and I used God as as a way to get out of that relationship I was like God doesn't want this here's the Bible verse I got like after seven years of this, like I'm done. Um, and I immediately moved to another city. Um, my brother was moving to that city, offered me a room. So I immediately left the network that I was in. So I was already starting over and I had, um, I had connected myself to a new church there, but those relationships were only like a year deep by the time that was dismantling a lot. Mm -hmm. So, um, the only people that have kind of remained in my life that were projecting onto me um, and still are, are my parents. And um, we have other like extended family members as well. But I think it's honestly, like I have, I think it's been more challenging for them in a lot of ways, just because like, I know what it's like over there. And like, I know, I know that like, because of their deep, weirded belief in this like they probably believe that I'm going to hell right and all three of their kids yeah. and that is not what they intended that's not what they invested in um and that has to be pretty difficult it I think the the, the saddest thing to me and I feel this every once in a while I I have a couple um women who I see as like uh moms ex-religious moms yeah. who have found me over the years and um they're always like, like, if you need a mom or if you need mom support, like I'm here and proud of you. And like, I don't, I don't realize how much that means to me until they say it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I don't have parents who are proud of me. Wow. And that, that is really, that's really sad because I'm proud of me. Yeah. Um, and that's been something that I've, I've had to grieve kind of over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, And also I'm just like really grateful for the people that I've met. And, like, actually see me for who I, like, am.
0: Yes. Uh, oh, that's so good because it all points back to the work that you do. And I want to talk more about that because I think, again, in this work, no matter what our backgrounds are, I think now it's lessening in some ways because it's becoming more common that people talk about spirituality and things that may have been before more like closeted and you know esoteric and all uh, it there seems to be more of an openness around at least the conversations around it now however of course there's still a lot of tradition and beliefs that completely oppose this whole realm of work um mm. so i want to talk about that having self pride and cultivating that but before mm-hmm. that what you just said also reminded me of a lot of people come into this work and there's this pride really of Well, spirituality, I have the freedom to believe what I want to believe. And I have the freedom to, you know, X, Y, Z. It almost feels like people feel like they are freeing themselves from some type of bondage, like coming out of like a religious, you know, jail, so to speak. Right. Mm -hmm. However, within this community, we still, because of that, I guess, human need for connection that you were talking about before in a sense of belonging you'll find that people still need that bonding of belief and then become very rigid in their ideas and we're on the right side and you guys are wrong and i'm like i thought this realm was supposed to not be that okay <laughs> this is starting to feel really not
1: <laughs> yes yeah oh my god you were hitting on something so critical um I, this is why I think this is another reason I think self relationship is so important. Yeah. Because a big component of self relating is learning to be present. That is a whole, you know, block of the Venn diagram is yeah. presence. And what happens if we don't learn to have capacity to be present with what is, we jump to the next system that can answer and hold those questions for us. Yeah. So that was, that was definitely me. I, I think it's most people who have zero capacity because they've come out of this system and need something else. Yeah, And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I just don't think it's sustainable mm-hmm. long-term. Um, I think it's maybe a phase of growth, a state of growth. Um, but we, if you look at um, the five levels of attachment by Don Miguel Ruiz, mm-hmm. he talks about this this very same idea it's like we go to like level five attached attachment if you're in a toxic system you're already in level five attachment if you like manage to break yourself away from that there needs to be a healing take place so that you don't just jump back into another level five because it's what you're familiar with it's it's abuse an abusive environment and it's familiar to you because you have communal needs like yeah. it it makes a lot of sense and it, it, it's not the healing yet. Yeah. You know, the healing is, is building capacity to be with what is, and that is slow and it takes time and intention. It is not a nervous system rush. Most of the time, Yes, <laughs> there are beautiful, joyful moments and there is delight and sensual satisfaction in being present with what is. And a lot of the times our systems resist that because we're so used to fighting
0: that is fascinating so it it's even you know bringing up how even if we're seeking difference so much we will also subconsciously be seeking sameness like because i'm used to that structure i'm used to again like i remember when i first started in this realm as well i was completely unfamiliar like i didn't know who I didn't know all the things that people knew, right? I came in totally blind and just curious. Like I I didn't have an attachment to a teacher or a philosophy, nothing. I was just, this is all weird. Let me see what it's about. (laughs) Um, But I I do know that um, a lot of people would, they would attach to like a, a teacher like one in particular and everything that teacher said was like the gospel and these are like the beliefs and the structure and this is what the book said and did and I remember thinking like oh, what this is interesting because it also still sh- shows that reflection of like us needing so deeply to believe in something outside of us and like I think to your point so disconnected from being able to trust or even believe in ourselves to any degree that like we'll just keep passing the baton on to someone or something else that we think is greater or better or writer or whatever it is and then just do whatever we feel is necessary to feel a sense of belonging within that community Mm -hmm. listen this christina i think this is a big talk. you might have to come back we might have to talk about this for like a whole another hour just this alone. yes <laughs> i was gonna <laughs> what say you are, gonna are say? you ready <laughs> <laughs> well I, i'm gonna say like like what
1: the fuck do we expect our like our entire system is based we were like we colonized i say we because my ancestors like colonized this land and did it in a sense like dominated, we used domination. Then we built a system based on slavery, a form of domination. And then we decided to build our work system based on domination. All we know are systems of oppression, our stru- hierarchical structures. That's how we know how to belong. Figuring out and learning to operate in a communal way feels new. It's in our bodies, so it isn't new it's old, ancient, it's there. And we have lost touch with it.
0: Yeah. And the shame and the danger of going against whatever was popular belief or whatever the system dictated as yeah. right or a structure. Mm-hmm. Got so many, so many things flashing through me. <laughs> I'm Like, Oh my God, I <laughs> did yeah. not expect this to be our conversation. However, I think it's good. I think it's a really good thing for a lot of us to consider because I think it all does point back to, again, this need to get to know ourselves and see ourselves. So speaking of that, did any of that really amplify for you during 2020? Like, because for a lot of people, you know, there was this um, combustion in a lot of ways where a lot of people either started to admit or started to recognize or something triggered into some mental health reflection and challenges and these things. And we were all forced to sit, not just with ourselves, even some people with their families, whoever, like very (laughs) locked in. And there was (laughs) nothing else to do but reflect and be present. Like what else were you going to do, right? So I'm just curious with the work that you've done and for yourself, what was that like for you especially with what you already understood and did it take you any deeper Mm. yeah
1: I so I I would say like you know like deconstructing something is never complete but like by the time 2020 hit I was well out of religion and completely like disconnected from it as far as like I don't identify as that people knew that I wasn't religious um However, I was in the phase of like, I, I think I said this to a friend that I made, I, I made a friend in 2022 um, online who they're like a long distance friend for me. And we Marco polo all the time. And I, I said at one point, like, I wanted to start exploring I spirituality. It,
0: Marco polo. Side note, just love that you Marco Polo. I love it <laughs> so, too. It's okay, so great. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good. Um,
1: But I, I, like, I realized in 2020 that, like, I had left religion and gone in this direction where I was just trying to get things right. Mm. I wanted to know what was true. And I wanted to get it right. And then I realized that that was the same mindset I had within that system. Mm -hmm. And so I said to this friend on Marco Polo, I was like, I want to explore tarot, but, like, I I just want to believe things that are true. And they were like, their message back was like, that sounds really religious. And I was like, <laughs> shit. <laughs> and that's when it broke for me. And I was like, oh, okay. So if I want to do this different, I'm going to have to like, I'm going to have to like trust myself in this process. Yeah. And I I kind of like, just, I love, I fucking love a, a mind treat, a thought treat, a like playground of the mind, like, my mind in the, since 2020 has been like a playground for me. Mm. And I, I encourage people in this, like, if you're coming out of religion and you're staunchly an atheist at this point or whatever it is, or you're exploring now, it can be really intimidating because you do want to get it right. But like, if you're like, no, we're just floating on a rock in space and I'm like, okay, great. Nothing means anything. Mm. So you get to make the meaning. Mm. What do you want to do with that? Because one of the most incredible powers we have as people is to make meaning we've been yeah. doing it since, you know, we came out of primordial ooze or whatever. Like we, however, like we came from the stars, like there's magic in that science and what do you want to do with it? Yeah. And so I spent 2020 and training to become a life coach and then 2021 training to become an energy coach <laughs> and just like doing all of this, like I was like exploring manifestation from this one perspective. And it was like breaking my brain over trying to make that (laughs) make sense. And like, there's all kinds of stuff that I still absolutely realize at this point that I just adore a mind experiment and something that I can suspend judgment and play with. Yeah. Because I have, I've learned through this process that I have the capacity to not be dogmatic. Mm -hmm. I have the capacity to hold multiple realities and something does not need to be true for it to be useful, beautiful, and non-harming.
0: Yeah. And you're making me even think of, you know, the need to go deeper with ourselves, even with the labels and the titles. I mean, like we could say like, oh, just drop the titles and the labels, but people tend to like to categorize. And also, again, it's like a way of identifying, um, for so many people, but I asked about during COVID because a lot of people were thrown into either being more self-reflective for the first time or people who are already doing it just went into a deeper you know cycle of it and I think it was an interesting experience across the board whatever that experience may have been however with what everything that you're saying I'm just thinking of again how you know a lot of us use even the label of like I am spiritual Mm. and it's it's meant to be like this this way of saying I'm not tied into religion or I am more free in my expression or whatever it is but it's not really saying anything about who you are not really because again (laughs) to your point like if I am still functioning from the structures that weren't necessarily healthy for me it doesn't matter what I call it I'm like Mm -hmm. thinking of that phrase where they say you could put lipstick on a pig it's still a pig do you know what I mean I'm not calling anybody a pig like don't freak out (laughs) I'm just saying like you know sometimes we we trick ourselves into believing though right like Mm. if if I disassociate by changing my title or Mm. I disassociate because now instead of going to a building I'm going to these circles, whatever it may be, but mm-hmm. what is the like personal motivation, and what is the personal connect? Like, what is really going on? What are you really seeking? Oh, I have so many thoughts. <laughs> <them> your thoughts.
1: <laughs> oh my god, I I feel like I could also talk about labels for a really long time because there there's incredible use and empowerment in labels, right? Yeah. You're like. I identify as queer and it's like, that's a label and it also needs more representation. And like, it's powerful and important to have that label, right. Cause it's making a difference. And also like when it comes to like other categories, it's like people want to put you in them so that they can make assumptions about you. Right. And, and the assumption in like, I'm queer is like, then people kind of know I'm a safe person cause I'm queer. So it's like, other queer people can feel safe, right? So there there is like maybe
0: maybe maybe.
1: maybe. We'll say maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. Good God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, and that's the thing is like ultimately, yeah. Which I ultimately, we actually can't know anyone without getting to know them. And it fucking drives us nuts. Yeah. Because we want to know. We want to make and I've talked to a lot of people who identify as non-binary. I identify as non-binary and it's like why else would you need to know gender unless you're going to make assumptions Mm. based on that information whereas if you get to know me you just get to know me and I think everyone wants that like just get to know me for who I am that's why people are like intentionally controversial sometimes um but like so that there's a both and, like it can be incredibly empowering and important. And like you said, if someone has spiritual in their bio, they could be a racist, homophobic
0: asshole. This is true. Shockingly, <laughs> shockingly, shockingly. Could be true. <laughs> yes, and that's why I said maybe because you you never know. The title doesn't really tell you the entire truth.
1: Because we have to trust ourselves ultimately to discern. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. But then. How do we do that? No, I wish <laughs> I feel like I'm like, listen, Christina, it's it's good that you live wherever you live far away from, am, Because I, I just want to get popcorn. I want us to like <laughs> sit down and just pow I'm like, honey, we could just <laughs> talk all day. Um, But really, truly, though, like, you know, even with what we're saying, if someone is because this is another thing, too, I think we feel some kind of safety sometimes in believing we know who we are, right? Like mm-hmm. even people get very defensive of like this is who I am and I know who I am and mm-hmm. these types of things when really do we and do we oh. really know like the why beneath you know our stories and our behaviors and all that right mm. so can you talk a little bit about um even in your personal experience what did you start to recognize about you in the deconstructing but if someone is curious just listening to us like what's one way to start start, start to explore what? like who am I or really yeah. do I know myself this type of thing
1: oh my god is it to, for me at this point that's it's a thought tree to be like who am I <laughs>
0: <laughs> because
1: it's such a like it's such a big question mm-hmm. and also like If right now is all that exists, which is true. Like this is the only point in time that we have current agency. If there's a multiverse, there's other versions of you at the present moment doing stuff too. But like the only one you have control over, as far as I know, is right now. So who are you in this moment is actually all that you need to know right now. What do I need? What do I feel? What do I want right now? And it's so
0: venusian of you. What? It's so venusian of you. I don't know what that means, but I like because you said no because you were like so heavily like Venus ruled in your chart. Oh, venusian.
1: Got it. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
0: Because I'm sorry. I just want to make sure. I want to write it. So what we need, what we want, what we feel, what we feel.
1: So it's it's somatic and present Mm -hmm. um, because everything else can feel far too overwhelming of a question for someone who's, who's already on the brink of their capacity or past their capacity. Yeah. When, when we come up to the question, who am I? And it's, it usually is like an existential crisis, the end of a giant relationship, the breaking of an identity. Mm. So what do you actually need to know? Who are you is in those at this moment, because underneath like I I can call myself whatever I want right now. And that could be different five years from now, right? We don't actually have a fixed identity. And that kind of terrifies us when we have lower capacity, (laughs) which I've been there. (laughs) It's like, but I don't know. And also there's this expectation from society that we make sense to other people. So when we're operating from a point of like, I'm trying to keep myself safe by making myself understandable, there's also that fear. I need to excuse me, I need to have an identity that makes sense to other people. So it needs to be consistent, which is just not true evolutionarily or humanly. And so finding that anchor point of right now, like I need a drink, I need water, I need to lay down. I feel angry. I feel tired. Like there you are, you're existing. It's okay, to, it's okay to be there and to try to meet your most basic needs because mm-hmm. you are here in that moment doing that. The big existential, like, I am a kind person. I am like, whatever. Like, when we get too attached to those, we we end up not being able to see when we're not that or we end up like having some like big ego shadow around like what's actually happening.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's interesting, though, a couple of things that you said, when you said breaking um, of identity, mm-hmm. you know, that's so interesting, because I think, again, there is this, it, I think it can be scary, the idea of what will happen? If I examine what will happen if I question, will I fall apart? Will I lose my sense of self? Will I not know mm-hmm. who I am anymore? Because I think, again, we attach to this need of not just a sense of belonging, but a sense of identity to your point. Like I need to know how people see me. And again, like if I start shaking things up and questioning, and then I don't know, then will I be a weirdo? Will I lose my mind? Like all the possibilities of what will happen if I detach from the labels Mm -hmm. and the ideas and the stories and like, it's almost like then what do I hold on to right then where is my anchor and where then do I belong Mm because everywhere every category that I know I could potentially belong in what if what I'm figure out doesn't match any of that right so Mm -hmm. I could see how it could be really scary but then it's interesting because there must there must be an aspect of us that is unbreakable Right. So like we can keep breaking away and we do, we change, we evolve something else. You said to that point, like we keep growing, which mm. causes constant breaking, right? like,
1: <laughs> yep. Um,
0: but I mean, if you think of like at the core of that, there has to be something so strong and resilient that we probably can't even conceive of that. If we really knew and understood that, then really, what would there be to fear? And then to your point, then we could have this, what did you call it? Like these mind explorations, like out in space, all thought, the treats. <laughs> thought treats. Yes. Cause then like, well, there would be no threat, but you remind mm. me of two, um, this younger generations are fascinating to me because they do seem to be different than how I grew up. So for example, like when I was in elementary or junior high like maybe you would say the dog ate your homework. I don't know. Like these just random excuses, whatever. However, it could have really been that there was trauma or something going on in the home, right? Mm-hmm. My friend sent me a screenshot like a month ago. Her daughter, who is like 12, wrote a note to the teacher to let the teacher know. That all the homework that she was providing was unnecessary. It was causing undue stress. And like, she was really messing with the mental health of everyone in the class. And unless all that homework was necessary, she really needed to chill out. I mean, it was hilarious, but also amazing. Do you know? Let's
1: fucking I'm go, Jen like, Alpha. <laughs> what is
0: happening? <laughs> These kids? <laughs> Oh but it God. is interesting that they. Mm. It almost seems without thought. Now, a lot of the younger people will tell you, like, "No, I'm unhappy," or "Yes, I'm angry," or what they are at least identifying what they're mm. feeling, and that in of itself seems like they have a head start, maybe, in self reflection than we had.
1: Yeah, I hope so. It, it yeah. sure seems like it. I, I mean, our Gen Alpha is the first generation to like have a protest in an elementary school led by elementary schoolers.
0: I don't even know about that. Like
1: fourth graders organized a protest about gun violence.
0: Fourth graders. (laughs) Like, please save us. We need you. (laughs) Maybe it's because of all that they're exposed to, too. Oh, yeah. You know, because I mean, we were exposed to what Mickey Mouse? Like, I don't know, trees. That's it. (laughs) Trees, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I I think it's compounding
1: because a lot of them were born around um right after 9/11 like most mm. of them don't remember it but like mm. we grew up with Columbine and 9/11 right. and an entire lifetime of war the yeah, unnecessary yeah. war like there's just a lot of a lot of compounding shit that's happened in our lifetimes that yeah. we didn't have capacity to cope with and the generation then that gave birth to gen alpha which is a lot of us have been like it's okay to talk about your feelings even if we're shitty at it we've been giving them permission in a way that we were not given oh
0: 100 percent, my friends we always talk about it's interesting how they have such an open dialogue with their kids and different than what we had it's it's phenomenal but okay, our conversation has gone everywhere, but it has been amazing. <laughs> so I just want to go back to, because time is going, can you talk a bit about from your path, one, what inspired you to help other people and what has been the gift in this self-discovery and coming into relationship with you? What is the gift of that? And then what is it that you hope to help others with through your coaching? mm
1: yeah there's so many gifts that this has given me. I would say I'm like i'm motivated by um I'm motivated by Venus and Gemini <laughs> <laughs> I'm motivated by learning and exploring myself there there is a um exploration of the more secret things of life and how they function within me, and I am very very curious about how other people operate for the sake of my own continued understanding of myself. Yeah. So, so there is like a, I know a lot of people are just like, I'm such a servant and I like just want to serve people. And like, I absolutely adore people and I don't think there's anything wrong with that way of existing. I think it's fucking great. And what's in this for me is that I am continually learning through these conversations. I am lit up by being able to hold space for you in dark places, yeah. it, it gives me life to be able to do that because it transforms me. Yeah. And I I think that's a form of alchemy, right? It's yes. like you're making, you're making something, I'm making something for both myself and my client in this process. I, I would say like, I, I don't even know that I like choose the people who come to me. I feel like they, they like choose me. There's just like this symbiotic, like the people who come are the right people um, in that, that our energy is, is aligned and making something beautiful together. I don't know if that answers the question. No,
0: it does answer. And it it's so, so beautiful. And two things. One, can I have you for 10 more minutes? Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. Okay. Cause I want to talk about your podcast too, but um. It's so beautiful what you just described, and you made me think of as soon as you said it's my Venus and Gemini. I was like, oh, that makes sense, and I never thought about it. My Venus is in Pisces, and I was like, that's why I'm always trying to make connection. Everything like I'm trying to find like where do the roads, where do they intersect? Where's the connection? Yeah,
1: there it is. Yeah. yeah.
0: Ah. <laughs> um. But anyway, so I do want um people to know as well they can work with you. Obviously in session, you are a self relationship coach or also an energy coach. And we will put your website for everyone to be able to connect with you. But you also have a podcast. So guys, if you enjoy this conversation, there is more Christina at bitches, witches and queers. Let's just start with the title, please.
1: (laughs) I love it. I mean, I this is I promise this is not some white girl shit. I manifested it. <laughs> um, I I was I was interviewing someone before I had changed the name of my podcast. Um and their podcast name was spiritual shit. And I was like, How did you get this name? It's fucking fantastic. And she was like, I manifested it. And I was like, that's dope. Okay. So I was just kind of like thinking about that. And then one morning. I woke up and was like doing like a blessing for my Instagram followers and like it just came out of my mouth and I was like that's it I manifested (laughs) it it's I I told my friends like it's just it's just edgy enough for you to question whether it's offensive or not but it's like the right kind of offensive to where it's going to guard off the people who don't want to talk to me anyway
0: (laughs) yes 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 I love that no I love the title I was like Bitches, witches, and queers? Like it just seemed like such like what a gathering that would be, right? <laughs> like, wow, I could imagine yes. it in my mind. Yes. Um <laughs> <laughs> well, I go to those circles all the time. Um really I'm like, and that is my life. But that was um very cool title. But I wanted to ask you about what it's about. Who do you talk to? What can people expect if they tune in?
1: Yeah, it's um so for the past year or so it's been a lot of conversations like this. Yeah. I have a couple people that I've had on regularly where we chat about what's coming up for us, the things that are like surrounding these topics, and literally anything that interests me. I'm I don't know what part of my chart this is, but like I think I don't know anything until someone asks me a question, mm-hmm. and then I could write a book. You know, yeah. it's um so conversation is a great space for me to like both ask questions and just talk about things um so it's a lot of bitches witches and queers talking about stuff very very similar to this episode and I would love to have you on my podcast
0: oh honey I would love to come like I live for this maybe this is something we do like every time we circle back around but Mm -hmm. yeah I mean this has been amazing and it's funny because I was thinking I wouldn't even know what to call this episode but that's the beauty of really (laughs) I just Yes. Well, I really love this conversation. But honestly, I would love to have you back again, because there were a lot of things that we, you know, that came up that I think we could talk an entire hour about just like those things. Um, I kind of get the sense with you and I will still bop around anyway. However, I would love to have you come back and have more conversation because this was really a beautiful exchange but where can everyone connect with you work with you what's your website and what is your social media
1: yeah first of all i can't wait for more conversations with you (laughs) Um, my website is christina m carlson c-h-r-i-s-t-i-n-a-m-c-a-r-l-s-o-n it's my full name and um there's where you'll find the information on what i do how to work with me um i'm You know, I I explored for a while doing, like, programs and, like, a lot of other things. And maybe I'll get back back into that at some point. But, like, I am just extremely passionate about conversations. And I feel like my energy does the best work in one-on-one exchanges. And it's just a delight for me to do that work. So that is probably where you'll get the best of me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I actually, I want to say, on your website, the photographs are gorgeous are you an artist or are you were just being artistic <laughs> my, that's a beautiful photo
1: thank you oh I was having so much fun uh, my husband is a real estate photographer uh, and is artistic and so I'm always like come take some pictures of me and so we'll do something really fun um, I think I'm going to be like a some kind of a fairy creature at some point (laughs) (laughs) if I can find some good wings that's probably going to be my next photo shoot
0: (laughs) yeah there's actually you can get some inspo there's a woman I um I interviewed during COVID I believe it was during COVID her name is Danielle Dulski she's an Mm -hmm. author and she's created an oracle deck um I want to say her her look up Wolf Woman Witch or something similar to this. I'll okay. I'll send it to you, but she has really cool photographs that I think you would get some good inspiration from, but I think you would like her work too. Love that. Thank uh, you. Well, Christina, this has been amazing for everyone. Of course, the website and her Instagram will be down in the show description. I can't thank you enough for this conversation today. Be sure to check out the podcast, Bitches, Witches, and Queers, and just there's so much more to learn about you. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, thank you, my love. And we will see you next time. Bye for now. Okay, beautiful alchemist. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Christina and I. As always, I hope at the very least it was thought provoking, having you ask your own questions, be very reflective. Um, I would love to hear what came up for you. So you can email me, of course, let me know. You can also email Christina. You can go to her website, ChristinaMCarlson.com. The links to connect with her are down below, right beneath this episode. And don't forget to also check out her podcast, Bitches, Witches, and Queers, on all of the podcast platforms. I believe her new season has just begun as well. So thank you so much again to Christina for coming to have this conversation and thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm looking forward to the episode. And for everyone else, thank you again for celebrating 10 years of Reiki Radio with me, four years of the Energetic Alchemist Oracle Deck. Don't forget to post your favorite episodes, share it. Don't forget to post your favorite Oracle cards. Don't forget to join me for the Reiki Radio Roundtable tomorrow. And be sure to check out the Energy of the Month update. So that is all for now, my loves. I will see you all very soon. I'm looking forward to season 11. And if you have anything you wanna share with me, reach out to me anytime, email me, I will always respond. And I guess that's it. (laughs) Have a gorgeous day and remember to always journey in love.